Welcome to Chilling with Teddy G, an authentic black channel empowering the black community and capturing the modern day black reality through investigative journalism. I'm your host, Teddy G. Hello everyone and thank you for joining me for another episode of CWTG. As you know, I'm Teddy G, your host. So, and at this station, everybody is aware that we talk about anything and everything with absolutely no sugars, no frostings, and definitely no mayo. Now, we're going to get into today's story, ladies and gentlemen, which is actually part two about uh, Uncle Roly Poly, who was intimidated by a 21-year-old black man by the name of uh, King Randall, who Roly Poly brought on his show and uh, disrespected the man and tried to make him look like something he certainly is not, which is an idiot. And uh, uh, Roly Poly, which I affectionately call Roland Martin, was uh, criticized by uh, uh, the black media. And uh, he's been in the uh, uh, um, new black media uh, uh, front news for a while now for the way that he tried to uh, intimidate and uh, uh, devalidate a, a young black man who's uh, doing uh, uh, wonderful things uh, in his community for the uh, black youth of today. Well, I played the uh, initial um, interview with uh, Roly Poly and uh, King Randall on uh, on the uh, earlier uh, episode. So this is uh, number two, the follow up where. Uh, I'm going to be letting you hear from um, Dr. Boyce Watkins and uh, 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 Brother uh, King Randall on his interview that he had with Roly Poly. Because I told you, he's been receiving all type of backlash, not only from um, from me, but also from uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins, uh, 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 Queen Amadai Shakur, uh, Brother Philip Scott, uh, 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 Queen uh, 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 Vicky Dillard and the uh, list goes on and on of people who was uh, criticizing him and giving him a lot of backlash for not giving this brother the, uh, the kudos that he deserved for what he's doing this young brother has taken in uh, children uh, uh, young black men into his home you know, where he has gotten them out of the uh, juvenile system. He has uh, uh, purchased a school with him, with the help of these youth that he's uh, he's mentoring. And uh, now they have acquired, uh, acquired a school bus. And uh, he's doing great things. And he tried to tell Roland Martin that this is where his fight is. That his fight is not with Roland Martin's fight, which is a vote this, vote that. Uh, 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 um, all the issues that's going along with voting, which is a, 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 a admirable uh, a cause, and the brother gave uh, Roland Martin props on that and for his fight, 
But Roland Martin couldn't do the same for King Randall when it came to him and his fight. He had an issue with the fact that this young brother wanted to uh, uh, um, fight his part of the body. So we're talking about the body as a whole, right? And we all know that the body functions off of different organs, using this as a, a template to um, what we're talking about. That you know, that uh, uh, you know, the, the body runs from uh, all of the organs. You know, uh, the lungs, the heart, the kidneys. You know, the the brains, and so forth, and so forth, and so on. Well, in this young brother's fight, which is for the youth, it seems that Roland Martin had an issue with that when he was trying to tell him, do for self. And that is where uh, his fight lies. And, and not in, uh, in voter uh, registration or, or, or the restrictions that they're trying to put on voting. He, he explained to Roland Martin very clearly that that's your fight. And there's other individuals, <clears throat> excuse me, other individuals out here who are, are fighting with you and that cause. That's your lane. And you stay in that, and then that's good for you. This is my fight, uh, helping the youths, you know, stopping them from getting killed and giving them a, uh, a positive outlook for the future. This is my lane, and I'm staying in that. But by us, but by us embodying the things that we do, uh, makes the body function as a whole. But, oh, no, Roland Martin couldn't give him props for that. Rolling Poli said, ah, yeah, whatever, but what about Boulder this? And and what about Boulder that? And and the young man just saying, Roland, I'm, you're intelligent enough to understand that that's not my fight. That's your fight. Okay? But what we're doing to uh, what we're doing together with your fight and my fight helps run the entire body. But Roland Martin didn't want to see that. He acted like he was ignorant. Now, as smart as he's supposed to be, <clears throat> he acted like he was very ignorant when it came to what this young man was telling him his cause is and what he's doing. He seemed like he was just totally dumbfounded, which we know he wasn't, which we know all he uh, Roly Poly was trying to do was uh, intimidate this young black man because he wasn't on the same fight that Roller Martin is on. Plain and simple. That's what it was about. So now all of this backlash that Roller Martin has been receiving. I think he's do that, and he's do a lot more, because he, uh, basically, in my opinion, he got intimidated when he got faced with a real, true, uh, um, black king who is black first, and not a government first, and not democrat, uh, democratic, uh, uh, first. Those are the last things on on his agenda. And boy, oh boy, did he have a problem with that, which we know he would be because Roland Martin is simply trying to <clears throat> be a government um, plantation a pappy. You know, he had his job with a, 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 a lamestream media, I believe it was in uh, a CNN, which he lost or got fired from. And uh, ever since then, you know, he is uh, uh, on this kick in trying to get back into one of the uh, lamestream media jobs, if he can land that, or if he can land him some type of position in the uh, White House. We know that this is what his goal is. He tries to act like he's a, a black activist and that his cause is really for the uh, black community. But Roland Martin's cause, ladies and gentlemen, is, is for self, his self. 
not like this brother call calls is, which is you know to uh, uh, help yourself and be self-sufficient, which something that Roland Martin should understand, seeing how he's so proud of the fact that uh, his um, that his uh, uh, a social media outlet is bought and paid for by him. Uh, these are my microphones. These are my speakers. This is my studio, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And then people give him a uh, 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 praise uh, for that, but yet he don't want to dish out the same praise to another individual who's doing the same thing, maybe even on a better level than he did, especially at, at a younger age, because this guy's uh, 21 years old. Martin found the issue with that. Roly Poly said, "No." Uh, congratulations no good job no uh supportive uh, um speaking for this young man and his cause now we're going to get into uh, uh all of that and more with uh as soon as i do my dirty laundry because you know it's a must that we keep it clean at the studios of chilling with teddy g with the copyright act of 1976 under title 17 section 107 where allowances is made for the fair use for the purpose such as criticism comment news reporting teaching scholarships and research fair use is permitted by the copyright statute that may otherwise be infringing Nonprofit education or personal use tips the balance in the favor of fair use. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna. Uh, uh, I'm gonna let you hear some of this uh, um, interview that uh, uh, the young man King Randall did with uh, Roly. I mean, uh, did with uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins about his uh, interview with Roly Poe and how he felt that he was just being mistreated and and uh, because he used Roland Martin's platform to speak about his program, his fight uh, for the youths, for the black youths uh, of America. Oh boy. And uh, they're going to go in on Roland. And then I'm going to have some other um, uh, interviews where, where um, other uh, black activists and, and black uh, uh, um, media people went in on him too which they should have politics man um so that interview with roland which i thought was just the weirdest bitch fest i've ever seen in my life um i i don't even talk about roland much on the show because i don't really i've never brought our disagreements out publicly like that but that was the point where i drew a line in the sand i said man what are you doing man you're 50 years old this is this kid's 21 like like, like what are you i don't i didn't understand it tell us about that how did the interview come to be uh Okay, <clears throat> excuse me. Now you see where uh, uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins is speaking candid about uh, Roland Martin. Plus, they had some other issues that uh, um, uh, <clears throat> that he had even before he was doing this interview. Now, and that's another thing. See, Roland Martin has an issue with any black man who who helps the black community, but uh, helps on on. Uh, uh, helps in their lane with what they do. See, Roland Martin wants everybody to jump on his train, jump in his lane, and jump on the fight that he's doing. But he doesn't give the same respect to other individuals who who has a uh, has a fight for the uh, uh, black community, but they're fighting for a different cause. 
but all of the causes are in the same body. Okay? It's all helping the entire body function. And, and Roland Martin don't want that. He wants all the organs in the body to fight for his cause. Well, then the body would die, which is what, which is what privileged individuals and, and uh, white supremacists want. They want all the causes that has anything to do with em empowering and embettering the uh, uh, black community. They want them destroyed. And and uh, and uh, Roly Poly is assisting them with that because he's a white wannabe. That that's my opinion. No matter how much he he uh, speaks black this and black that, in the end, uh, uh, he's a government man. Okay, he he's the uh, house Negro. In my opinion, and my opinion is usually pretty accurate pretty uh, dead on point so now with all that being said we're going to go to the beginning of this interview that he uh these uh, uh two uh wonderful um <clears throat> strong black men were having about the issues uh with roland martin and then i'm gonna make a broad point when i get to the very final of these uh stories about all of these uh, uh, uh black individuals because there is another picture here that is getting overshadowed by the fact of what Roly Poly is doing and all of the uh, uh, blacklash that he's receiving from all these other black media outlets, uh, um, outlets and channels. There's even a broader picture that I want you guys to see. You may have, you may figure it out along the way. Some of you, <clears throat> my critical thinking individuals, probably done figured out that part already but anyway we're going to let's get into this uh the beginning of this interview so you can hear what they were saying about roland martin why they were saying this and what the ultimate goal is for king randall and his cause hey what's going on guys welcome to drboystv.com the home for intelligent black people everybody who comes in here uh just know that we are black first uh we put the black community first if you believe that black people are number one and that our community matters more than any anything anybody else uh put a hashtag b1 hashtag b1 is the calling card uh as we get started put that put your b1s in the chat and also hit the thumbs up button as we get started so uh this brother today that i have the honor of speaking with is uh, 21 years old and, uh, you know, when you get to my stage, that's almost like a baby's age, but he's not a baby. <laughs> he's a grown-ass man. His name is uh, King Randall. King Randall, uh, I want to say uh, welcome, brother. How you doing today, man? I'm doing excellent, sir. How are you? Doing very well, very well, man. I'm, I'm glad to have you, man. I uh, I didn't even know about you a week ago, and uh, but I feel like uh, this what I found out this week about you, man, was... Uh, what was uh, something that's going to change your life, a lot of people's lives, uh, change my life. I was really excited and inspired by the work that you're doing. Um, so let's uh, let's just begin at the beginning. Um, I said that your school is called the X School for Boys. Did I say that wrong? What's the exact right way to say when people say, well, what's the name of your school and stuff like that? Absolutely. The organization name is the X for Boys and the school will be called the Life Preparatory School for Boys. Oh, the Life Preparatory School for Boys. OK, I should I should. Yes, known. sir. I'm gonna write that down right now. All right, and so um, let let's just start at the beginning, man. You, you you're um, 
you are 21 years old. And uh, first of all, everybody's watching. Like, give, give a digital round of applause for his brother for doing such great work at 21. I think that everybody's impressed with that. Uh, and you live in Albany, Georgia. And you decided to start a school. And uh, that's been a big conversation in the black community for a lot of years because you got a lot of people starting schools, some more successful than others. Uh, tell us about that. And uh, how, did, how did you even get, get to the point that you're at right now? Absolutely. Well, uh, I started this organization two years ago when I was 19 years old. And um, the reason I started this organization was because uh, where I live here in Albany, Georgia, uh, crime rates very high amongst uh, children, well, young men ages uh, 17 to 25. Um, the murder rate, uh, at one point, we had the highest murder rate in the country per capita. Um, we're a 77% uh, black city. Um, and this is also a city that Dr. King failed in. He came here, went to jail, and said he'd never go back. Um, and we have a lot of issues here in our city, and I definitely wanted to tackle those issues while I was here. And I'd go to different community meetings and things like that, and nobody really wanted to get on the ground and do like the work that I wanted to do. Um, so I decided that I was going to start a program uh, called the X for Boys. Uh, we started doing field trips. I started taking young men on field trips, and we went to uh, Atlanta, Montgomery. I mean, we've been to like any Black History Museum in the, in the Southeast you could think of. Um, so we went to all the museums. Then I started doing uh, workshops, teaching young men how to change oil, how to change brakes. Uh, we did automotive repair, uh, home improvement. I taught them how to change ceiling fans, toilets, flooring, sheetrock, you name it. Um, so I started doing these things, and during the summertime of 2019, um, I lost my job. And at that time, I think that was God trying to let me know, you need to go ahead and do what it is that you're supposed to be doing. Um, so I started a summer camp um, during that summer. Now, mind you, I was broke. I ain't had no money. I had my own house and stuff, but I was broke at the time. And um, But I was just like, you know, I'm going to make a flyer, and I'm going to tell parents, you know, what I'm offering for the summer. And, you know, if they believe in me, um, then they'll bring their children. So I told them everything that I'd be offering. And every day, I'm so grateful to, to those parents who believed in this 19-year-old kid to drop their child off every day at my house from 8 to 5 um, to learn all of these things. So we did reading. Uh, I taught them how to change toilets, uh, changing ceiling fans. I mean, we did some of everything. I taught them how to garden. We grew our own food. We did field trips. Uh, these are things we did for that summertime. But while I was in that summer program, I realized a lot of our children couldn't read. Um, and about maybe 12 out of the 20 children that I had couldn't read. And I had one kid that's in the sixth grade. He couldn't read at all. And that was an issue for me. And I'm just like, how are these children passing through school and they can't read? How are you expecting them to, you know, uh, get good grades and uh, graduate and be something and be somebody? And they aren't even literate. This is a this is an issue for me. So I started the book club and I started um, teaching the children how to read in the book club. We started doing, um, you know, life lessons and life skills in the book club. We had some men from around our community come and visit the book club. Then I started working with juvenile court. Um, and I started taking children from the juvenile justice system, uh, keeping them in my home. I actually have custody of two of those children now. Um, and our program has a 0% recidivism rate. Every child that's come to my program from jail has never been back. And we don't have any rehabilitative programs for juveniles coming from jail uh, here where I live in Albany, Georgia. Um, so that's a problem for me. Uh, so fast forward uh, to 2020, uh, I, I, COVID happened. And so I had mm. to kind of pause everything that happened, you know, that was happening for our program. I had to pause book club, pause our bowling team, pause everything we had going on because I didn't know what was going on. But when the summertime was rolling around, parents were just like, can you please do something for the kids? And I was just like, well, if I do something for the boys, they got to come live with me. 
And um, mm-hmm. they was like, okay. So I went and bought some bunk beds. I put them in my living room and we made it happen. Um, and at the time, you know, I didn't have the most fun. So we was eating hot, hot and ready pizzas, beanies and weenies, noodles and sandwiches. But I was still <laughs> teaching. I was still teaching them during that summer. And we built so many bonds. I mean, we got caught on the side of the road with no spare tire and all that. I mean, we had so many stories, but I was just dedicated to, you know, teaching them. And they loved me to death, you know, for uh, everything that I taught. So during that summertime, uh, I posted one uh, tweet on Twitter because people were telling me I should start posting what we were doing because I wasn't posting like that. And um, I posted uh, us doing some sheetrock at an apartment complex. And um, it went viral on Twitter. And so many people, you know, reached out to me and, you know, were seeing what we were doing. This was back last summer. And we maybe raised about $10,000 in a week um, for what we were trying to do. And I had been telling the boys for the past two years, I was like, look, I'm going to open you guys a school. We're going to open us up a school and we're going we gonna to get you guys taught the things you need to know, et cetera. I was like, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to have some big boy faith and we're going to make it happen. <laughs> you know, so um, that happened. We got invited to the White House. We got chastised a little bit for that because Donald Trump invited us, of course, but he wasn't. He didn't post no pictures with us, didn't try to use us as no pawns or anything, but people were upset about that. But I was telling them, I'm like, these kids who never been anywhere, who never been on any trips, never been on a plane, never really been outside of our city, you know, uh, come from jail, uh, have these records and stuff, and for them to get invited to the White House for the work that they're doing, you know, that's that's a huge honor, regardless of who's there. So if it was Joe Biden, nobody wouldn't be mad, so why is it an issue, you know? And I don't believe none of the presidents care about anybody. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was, that's where I I stood with that. Uh, so we got invited to the White House. And I mean, just the support has been become overwhelming for us. And our support base is so diverse. Like I'm talking about, we have white conservatives all the way down to people in the nation of Islam. I mean, the Hebrew Israelites to uh, super white Trump supporters, whatever. People support what we're trying to do because the message is universal for, for doing for self. And that's what I teach my boys. We teach them how to be men. Uh, we're t- teaching them how to protect their women and children. Um, these are the things that I believe, you know, are important for our boys and they're not learning anymore. And so many people ask, how are you able to change so many kids? Like the parents are just like, how are you able to affect them, you know, so so well? And how are you able to, you know, have them come home and not talk back, et cetera? One, I did some time in the military. And then also I'm consistent with my discipline. I don't let up. They all get in trouble together. They sleep together. They eat together. They do everything together. And I do that to create a brotherhood for them because we have this individualism in our community where we never want to work with each other. So I always let them get in trouble together, even if, you know, uh, one of them's talking back. I make everybody get in trouble. Well, you already know you should have told your brother not to be talking back. You know he wasn't supposed to be eating after a certain time at night, but y'all let him do it anyway. So everybody go outside. Everybody about to get the high knees in six inches. Everybody about to get it. Um, Because I always tell them if one of y'all got weed in the car, everybody got weed in the car. You know, so I'm just like, yeah, yeah, so I make sure everybody get in trouble. But it's just been a beautiful journey, man. And yesterday, uh, you kind of sparked it off. Uh, I went on Mr. Roland Martin's show, um, and I was a big fan of his, but he started attacking me on Twitter for absolutely no reason. Um, I had no clue why he was attacking me, but um, he had tagged me and a friend of mine called me a Republican. I was like, I'm not a Republican. And he was talking about voter suppression. And I was just like, I don't, that's not my fight. I told him that on Twitter, but he was like, well, y'all come on the show. But my friend couldn't come on the show because he's Byron Donald's press secretary and um, he couldn't come on the show. So I went and I was just like, well, I'm just going there and talk about my program and tell him what, what I am fighting for. And he was like, well, what is your fight and all that? Well, I was like, well, this is what I'm doing and this is what I believe in. So how are you going to tell me that not, you know, relying on government is not going to work when I'm doing it, you know, and we're doing it. You know, so I, you know, I tried to keep it civil. I kept it respectful. And and that's what Roland Martin had a problem with, because a young man told him <clears throat> simply because you, you can't do it. Uh, I, I can do it. 
and I'm going to do it. And as you notice, he said earlier, I was a fan of Roly Poly. Okay, now after Roly Poly had tried to diss him and tried to diss his program, uh, he's, he's like, okay, you know, I was a fan, but after these Twitter issues and that, after all these other uh, uh, negative things that he had to say, I believe that's the reason why he used the, uh, the, the past tense word was. But as you can see, this brother has a... Uh, a very good uh, uh, thing going for the uh, youth uh, of today and uh, I give kudos to the young man and I think Roland Martin should have done the same thing but uh, he didn't I did invite him to come speak to my children afterwards but the, the slick stuff he was saying on Twitter and the little just the little backhanded stuff he was saying afterwards and his little panel got on there and said their little stuff about me I kind of was just like I'm not even going to do this with you, man. You know, I tried to keep it respectful regardless of him calling me names on Twitter and stuff. I just I just let him have it. But um, then you shared a, a video yesterday on YouTube and you... But that's the problem with the uh, Roland Martin. See, he that's that girl in him. Yeah, I said it. I ain't taking it back either. That's that little girl in him where he, he, he do that name calling stuff. You know, acting like some type of high school girl. Some Mitch you know, acting type of way, because uh, uh, this dude is on his program and not on Roland Martin's program, what I mean is he's doing his thing and not doing Roland Martin's thing, Roland Martin got an issue with that. My digital podcast and it kind of made a lot of rounds and right now my social media is going bananas, uh, I got like 16,000 followers on Instagram in a night and like so many people are like reaching out all because of the video you did, so... I definitely appreciate you, um, but yes. And I'm going to play some snippets from that. He's talking about a uh, video, uh, uh, an episode on uh, uh, Boyce Walker's TV that he did before this interview. Now, he had this interview after he had initially saw the uh, uh, roly-poly interview with King Randall, and he made a, uh, um, and he did an episode on it. I'm going to find that and play a few snippets uh, on that as well so you can see what the uh, uh, what King Randall was talking about so you have the, uh, the whole picture and, and, and not have to wonder about, well, what is he talking about with this other interview? Now, with that all being said, I'm going to get back to uh, King Randall, but I'm going to definitely uh, find those snippets for you. It's been overwhelming, uh, and we went building shopping. I went and asked our school system, did they have any old buildings um, that uh, they weren't using anymore? And they were like, well, we got three buildings up for demolition. And I went and toured one of them, and it's on the side of town where our children need us the most. Well, it's where the most children I serve, um, and the children actually need us over there. And I went and toured it, and the building's in great condition. I was just like, why are y'all tearing this down? But it's 36,000 square feet, 25 classrooms. I made an offer, and boom, we made it happen. Um, and then I went and bought a school bus right after that. You know, so I just, again, big boy faith and believing in what we want to do. And I just want to show young black men, you can go do whatever it is that you want to do. And if somebody's holding you down, it's because you're allowing them to. You got to deal, you know, play with the cards you got dealt and keep it moving. But that's kind of an idea of where wow. you know, where we are and who I am. Wow. <laughs> Everybody who's watching, uh, in case you don't know, I'm speaking with King Randall. And King Randall is the founder of uh, the school is going to be called the, I, I mean, I can't read them all right, the Life Preparatory School for Boys, right? Did I get it right? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. You got yeah, it right. <laughs> he got it in Albany, Georgia. And uh, 
And and as y'all can tell, y'all y'all can see. Give me a yes or no in the chat if you can see why I'm impressed with him. Uh, you know, you don't see a lot of 21 year olds that. That's right. You don't see a lot of 21 uh, year olds doing what he's doing. And you got to remember now, uh, he already had uh, been uh, uh, getting um, black youth out of the juvenile system, and he was keeping them in his home. And then he, like you see. Like you heard him say earlier, that he adopted two of them. So that means, ladies and gentlemen, that he was doing this, what, when he was 18, 19 years old, where he got started with this? Now, there's not too many, if not any, uh, young black men who's, who's doing or have done what he's doing right now. And so now he's just 21 years old, and he's, you, you can tell that he had to be at this for a few years uh, already. So that that that's double kudos to this uh, uh, young brother for his uh, efforts and his kindness and the things that uh, he's trying to do to empower the uh, black community. Now you got to give him credit where credit is due, and that's something that Roland Martin uh, simply refused to do. Now before I get back to this, I found one of the, that episode I was telling you about. Let me play a few snippets of that so you can have the uh, full picture. You have the whole spectrum in front of you about this entire uh thing with um with uh roly poly all right so roland martin does an interview with his brother his name is king randall and king randall is a 21 year old black man who built a school down in albany georgia and i don't know um i don't know king yet uh, i don't know much about the school but i saw an interview where King Randall was speaking with uh, some white guy. He's on the interview with a white guy, and, it's, and he was so impressive. So impressive. I mean, to, you know, to be 21 years old, the, the, the brother is articulate. The brother is uh, focused. The brother is 100% B1. And uh, he's absolutely positive, without question, somebody that needs to be supported. Um, I literally put the, uh, the video on my Instagram, uh, which you can see right here if you want to go take a look. And I said, if anybody knows his brother, please connect us because I'm going to write him a check. So Alicia was watching it with me and we both said, okay, we're gonna write this brother a check. Now, why am I bringing this up? Why am I even jumping out here? Uh, well, I saw this interview. I saw where the brother went on Roland Martin's show. And I was really almost embarrassed by the way Roland re reacted to this young, young man. Uh, here you have a 21-year-old young man who is basically all about the black community, 100%. He's all about bringing black males together, helping them get get their lives to move forward, helping them become independent, helping them become business owners, helping them become successful, helping them become the kind of hus husbands and fathers we need in our community. And Roland was just beating up on this kid all day, asking him about that stupid Democratic Party nonsense that he's always preaching on his show. That whole BS crap. That Democratic Party, liberal, I'm trying not to cuss you, y'all can tell, but I'm about to start studying, stuttering, that's when I'm really trying not to cuss. But that, you know, all that liberal nonsense that y'all been waiting on for 60 years, you know, all these these uh, these Democratic Party politicians that, that they got y'all buck dancing about with a, with a chicken wing in your mouth, looking <laughs> stupid, looking crazy, got us looking dumb. Tell him, Dr. Walker. Waiting on things to happen when your when your community has not moved forward one inch. Exactly. Give me a yes or no. Give me a yes or no. Black people been voting for Democrats since Jesus was a teenager. Wow. So have, have, 
have you seen the black community move forward as a result of Democratic Party policies? Give me a yes or no. No, I haven't. Has the Democratic Party moved the black community forward on hardly any level in terms of quality of life? Give me a yes or no. Absolutely not, in my opinion. Now, Dr. Boyce Walker, you asked the question. It's a good question. That is my answer. No, we have not. As I, as I stated previous, not only on this episode, but on other other episodes, we've been uh, um, voting Democratic. We've been uh, marching. We've been uh, protesting. We've been uh, supportive of the uh, Democratic Party, and we have not moved one inch in 150 years. Now, we've been in uh, <clears throat> dealing with systemic racism and hatred and bigotry and slavery for uh, almost five centuries. And ever since we jumped on this bandwagon of this Democratic Party and been doing all the things that uh, we've been doing, I haven't seen us move one inch. Now, that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. So, no, what do you think? Do you think that voting for the Democrats has been our solution? I'm not telling you to be a Republican. We ain't talking, this ain't Democrat-Republican stuff. But I, this is about reality. This is about benefiting the black community. Yes or no? No, we haven't. We haven't moved forward. Um, our wealth is, is stuck in the grind. Our communities, uh, many of these Democratic-run districts, uh, like Elijah Cummings' district, it was garbage. Uh, a lot of the nonsense is coming out. It's, it's more LGBT than anything else. And, and so, you know, I will tell you this, I, you know, Roland, I, I was cool with, I was kind of cool with Roland. We were frenemies up until about 2011, until I guess he, he went on a bitch fest and got mad at me for something and was sending me these real long text messages. And I just got tired of debating with him. I was like arguing with, with a woman or something. It was real, I can't argue, I can't, I can't, I just, you know, I can't argue with a man who argues like a woman. And, and so I just, we just stopped talking a long time ago and I didn't really care. I kind of thought, okay, well, maybe his philosophy is just a little bit different. Maybe. Now you hear that and I see, Everybody else is seeing this real big feminine side to <clears throat> Uncle Roly Poly. Uh, the women are seeing it. The men are seeing it, and uh, and and that's how he's acting. And see, and that's the reason why he got owned and got schooled by a twenty-one-year-old real um, uh, authentic black man who's uh, uh, half his age, more than half his age, uh, he got owned and he got put in his place. And he's been receiving this um, backlash from all of these other uh, new black uh, social media uh, outlets because uh, of who he is. He should have been jumping on this man's bandwagon and giving him props rather than trying to diss him. So this is the part of the uh, 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 Dr. Boyce uh, Watkins uh, uh, interview that he did before he he brought uh, King Roland on to his show. So this is the part that I wanted you to hear and see with, so that you have the whole picture um, of, of, of these episodes that I'm doing right now. To show you that uh, when you get a real authentic uh, young black brother like King Roland, who's uh, definitely uh, um, black first, and he's about helping out the black community first, and he's about helping out the uh, these uh, young black youth first. Um, 
is where the controversy came in when Roland Martin tried to ditch the brother for what he was doing. Plain and simple. Now, let's get back to uh, Dr. Boyce Walkers. I want you to hear just a little bit more of this before I go back to the original interview that uh, uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins was having with um, with King Randall. We can coexist, um, you know, and that's it. But I really think that I'm at the point where I'm starting to really wonder, Negro, who do you work for? I mean, who do you represent? You know, I mean, remember, if y'all remember when Ice Cube was challenging both the Democrats and Republicans to do more for black folks, Roland brought Ice Cube on and attacked Ice Cube the entire time. You know, and, and then this young black man, 21 years old, I mean, literally half your age, less than half your age, ain't even old enough to be half your age, and you can't even take a moment to provide some support or some guidance. Exactly. Or mentorship. No, he couldn't do it. What the hell is wrong with you? That's my question. See, that's why young people lose respect for certain older people because you're full of shit. Exactly. I mean, this is ridiculous. You 50 years old, man. You ain't supposed to be out here arguing with this kid. You're supposed to be cheering him on. Exactly. Maybe you can bring in a point or two to say, hey, why can't we do both? Why don't we do both? But you literally... But in this interview, I mean, you gotta, you just gotta go watch it. It was really fascinating. It really was like the nail in the coffin for me because that's the I reason why I played it for you guys. He is fighting with this little, this kid who's doing his best with what he's got to better the black community. That makes it a hundred percent clear who you are, what you represent. You are a Democratic Party operative. Yes, that is what you are. You're and, not a black leader. You are a Negro manager. And nothing more. I couldn't have said that better, uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins. I couldn't have said that better. That's exactly what he is. He's all about the government. He's all about what he can do uh, to get him in some type of government position into the uh, White House. Uh, he's a plantation pappy. Uh, and that's exactly um, what he is and that everybody can see about him besides this uh, this girlish way that he's got about acting like some type of mitch Negro managers or political bosses are people who exchange political favors in exchange for them collecting and corralling black votes and getting black people to bring their booties to the polls in every election to get certain people into office, and it's all about trying to get that power. For many years, I watched Roland. The first time I met, let me tell y'all a story about the first time I ever met Roland Martin. I never talk about that. I don't talk about this much because I don't really want to get into talking about another guy that much, but I got to tell y'all the truth because I'm really defending this poor kid. And, I, and when I talk to him, I'm going to tell him, don't you ever, in my view, my two cents, don't, don't waste your time talking to people like this because this is sad, it's pathetic. But when I met Roland the first time, Back in night in 2006, I was on CNN with when it was me, him, and Wendy Williams, and I came in with my good friend Dorian Chandler. Dorian is a director out of New York City, and she's my buddy. We've been friends for a really long time, and I remember this guy comes in, 
and all he does is talk the entire time. All he does is suck the oxygen out of the fucking room like a little diva trying to get all the attention and talk, talk, talk. He's talking my ear off, and I'm like, will this guy please stop talking? And because I had something I had to talk to Wendy Williams about. And so I literally remember planting Dorian to sit between me and Roland so that she would absorb his conversation and listen to his nonstop talking ass while I could actually go talk to Wendy about something. It was literally like, I remember literally thinking, this Nero will not stop talking. And then I remember after the show was over, uh, the CNN producer said, well, it was some little 22-year-old white girl or something. You know, they hire these young white girls as producers. And she's like, well, you know, hey, guys, we want to do uh, some sort of black history event. And it's going to be a black a black in America special. And we'd like to know what you think we should cover. And so Roland starts talking. He literally talked so long that I didn't get a chance to say a word to this lady. And I remember thinking, you know what, I'm not going to say nothing because this Negro won't stop talking. That was my first introduction to Roland. He's full of himself. He sucks all the air out of the room. He's a big old diva with that big pink ascot that he wears because he likes to get that all that attention. He also is a person who desperately seeks approval from white people. He really wants to be back on CNN. He wants to be recognized by the White House. He loves the fact that he's buddies with Kamala Harris. He's trying to get into the institutions. He's trying to become part of all of that. Right. And, and, I, and that's fine. That's what it is. That's my two cents on the issue. And I'm, I'm laying it out here because I cannot sit here and watch a 50 year old man beating up on a 21 year old kid. I, I can't. You know, it, it, I, I've gotten into I've gotten into back and forth with, with young people before. And there was a time where I knew to stand down. I knew what my role was. My role was to be the elder. My role is to be the OG. My role is not to sit here and scrap with you like I'm 22 years old, too. The last time that happened, it was actually accidental, was 2013. Tyler, the creator, and I, had we crossed, we crossed hairs because uh, I was having some issues with Lil Wayne making a disparaging remark about Emmett Till in a song. And okay, well, there you have it right there. Now, I'm not going to play all that interview because it's real long, but if you want to go see it, uh, you want to hear the rest of it, you can uh, <clears throat> go to uh, Dr. Boyce Walker's TV and get the entire thing. But now you have this, now you see this picture and this narrative where um, th this is the reason why uh, uh, Roland Martin going to say some disparaging things about um, the interview that he had with uh, King Randall. The, the the reason why he uh, uh he's going to he disses uh Dr. Boyce Watkins because of this interview right here this interview and the one that he had <clears throat> with um King Randall okay now I'm I'm giving y'all the full picture of this plus I'm going to give you another narrative about all of this uh when it comes down to the end of this but okay now you see why uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins has an issue with Roly Poly, and now you see why uh, um, uh, Roly Poly had an issue with King Randall, and now with um, uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins and the other uh, content creators for the uh, new Black uh, um, um, social media network that's had an issue with uh, Roly Poly. Okay, but now I, I want y'all to, I'm going to go back to this original uh, um, 
interview that uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins was having with King Randall so you can uh, uh, catch the uh, point behind uh, this this young man's wonderful program that he's doing and why uh, everybody is getting on Roland Martin for not supporting the brother. That's the main issue. You know, you, 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 you so caught up on yourself as uh, you want to have all of the spotlight to yourself about the black community when you really are, is, is doing for self. Okay. Now that's what the, that's what the young brother was actually talking about. He was talking about doing for self. But when he was saying that, he, he meant that in the, the broad term of the black community. When Roland Martin used that term, he used it as really just for him. Just for what he wanted to do. Because his, uh, his agenda that, that he think is hitting, which is not, is all about his self and not doing for self. I hope that's uh, understandable to you guys. Right there on the screen, the Xforboys.org, right? Did I get that right, brother? Yes, sir. That's perfect. The Xforboys.org. And I just I just went to the link uh, right before the interview. I, I, I went to the link. I gave 3000 I'm going to give more. <clears throat> uh, that's just the beginning. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be in this with you for the long haul. I just want to talk about how great your work is, but I want to actually put my money where my mouth is. And I hope everybody, whatever you can afford to do to support this, I hope that you'll do this uh, because this is what we need. Do for self. Uh, and, and maybe it's my bias, you know, but uh, I just, you know, I, I was raised by a father who was in the military. And one mm -hmm. of the things, I, and I have a lot of people, shout yourselves out, by the way, if you did serve in the military, thank you for your service. Semper um, Fi, go Marines. There you go, there you go. Yeah, yeah I, I, I love my military people that, that, that are part of this this crew because those are part of the group that's going to get us out of this, this mess that we're in. You know, the, the, the men and women that uh, understand strategy, uh, that mm -hmm. understand uh, courage, right? They, they understand uh, commitment and dedication, sacrifice, mm -hmm. discipline. All those, those are all the things that you're going to need to be successful. And so, uh, you know, when, when you, and, and, not, and this is not about trying to get here and just, you know, just, just sit here and bash away at rolling. But, but unfortunately, there is a segment of that, of our community that's probably bigger than our segment, you know, the, where... You've got ideologies that are built on <clears throat> on uh, fear, living off of fear. Mm -hmm. Oh my God! If we don't if we don't go vote for this person, we all gonna die, y'all. You know, pass the fried yeah. chicken. You know, built on a lack of discipline, right? You know, give, give me the give me all the unhealthy food and the and the drugs and the liquor and all that, so I can die early and then complain about how hard it is to be black. Or I'm mm -hmm. not gonna save and invest my money, and then I'm gonna end up broke, and then I'm gonna talk about it. The, the fact, the reason I'm broke is because I'm black. No, you're broke because you didn't <laughs> do what you needed to do, right? Uh, right. White man ain't treat me right. He won't give me a job. You know, and, and here you are, you're a young black man, and they, you, you, you mentioned something very early when you were talking. You said you got fired from your job, mm -hmm. and I know a lot of young brothers. Tell me if y'all agree with this in the chat. I know a lot of brothers who lost their job and got knocked down to the floor and just stayed on the floor. You know, and, and then people yeah. say, oh, well, I know why he's on the floor because the white man won't, they won't give him no job and they they won't. No, no, you don't stay on the floor, damn it, you get up. Come and, on, and, Doc. And losing your job sounds to me, I don't know about you, I, any other black people here who ever had the, the wonderful blessing of losing your job, I'm gonna raise both hands because I done lost yeah. quite a few jobs 
for losing your job. Yeah, not the only one. I have been knocked down. I have lost jobs. I have lost jobs when I was doing the right thing. And because I did the right thing, the right thing, the uh, the Mazungus, they actually couldn't stand that. They found a reason. They Well, let's put it correct. They created a reason to uh, um, fire me because they couldn't stand the fact that uh, not only was I performing my duties um, uh, um, with, with, with quality and excellence, but I had the fact I had to uh, uh, be the uh, uh, individual who was uh, outshining them by doing the right things, not only doing my job efficiently and correctly, but calling them out on some of the things that they were doing that was incorrect. And that if they could correct them with the uh, ideals that I had gave would actually uh, save the company money. And by saving the company money, I'm making them money. Oh no, they couldn't have that. They couldn't have that. So I, and I have gotten fired for doing that very same thing. But, and that put me down. It just didn't keep me down. I am not one who's going to simply uh, lay down uh, to uh, uh, defeat. It's not going to happen. But anyway, with all that being said, I didn't mean to run these this uh, uh, um, this long. But every time when, when we get into a discussion like this, it always runs long. But so there's going to have to be a, uh, a part three to uh, this episode where we'll continue this uh, story with this uh, 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 wonderful, strong, young uh, um, black man, King Randall, who's uh, doing uh, uh, admirable and wonderful things for the community and the uh, black youth in his area. Um, now, with all that being said, uh, when, when I bring on this uh, next episode, we're going to continue to where we left off here. And we're going to bring in some of these uh, other uh, content creators and get their opinion and their comments um, on this situation. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of Chilling with Teddy G. As I tell you all always at the end of the show, don't forget to continue to do your social distancing, continue to wear your outer gear, continue to take care of your immune system because we are not out of this uh, pandemic fight yet. As you guys know, I love you guys. Loving you guys is my food. Teddy G is hungry each and every single day of his life. And until I get the opportunity to address you guys again, I bid each and every one of you peace, love, and soul.